Welcome to Team Rabbit Hole Edition 190 with Meruma to the Emerald Tablet of Thought, Part 2. We wrap up the second part of Thoth the Atlantean's account of the Emerald Tablets, a fascinating spiritual artifact and favorite of Meru and its implications. Welcome. Blessings. Thank you for having me. Yeah, dude. It was great. I mean, we've had you on for your own episode talking about your walk-in experience and stuff. And then obviously we started shooting the shit at some point. I was like, oh, we've got to do Emerald Tablets. Did the first part. It's been a while. We're going to wrap it up. And I know that you were saying in the green room that you might not be as in-depth. You've been called not to throw pearls to swine, so to speak. So we'll go in in depth as much or as little as you know you care to and talk about astrology, talk about whatever's clever. Um, but you know how we roll on this uh, podcast. This is episode 190, and that is going to reduce down to uh, one, which is the Magician card. Uh not surprised. Uh, in this deck, it's the Star Man or the Alchemist, and it says, Manifesting your reality. Our ideas are communicated and brought into the physical world with ease. You have everything you need to create the world you desire. Reconfigure yourself in liberating, expressive, and complex ways. Raphael, what is your card? So here we got the Angel of Divine Power, the fourth angel. Elamaya, and uh, again, I'm just going to read a short part. Learn to be receptive to your needs for a new direction. Recognize when your talents, skills, and efforts are being wasted. There will be resolution after some struggle, but much work is still needed. The proper balance has not been obtained because you're preoccupied with your inner thoughts to the exclusion of outer advantages. You're actually looking away from the power that is available to you. You have become too giving and this allows others to take advantage of you. You need to check everything before moving ahead. A careless approach can ruin everything. You may experience the failure of some projects due to storms or problems that are greater than you had anticipated. The psalm here says is 6-5. Return, O Lord, deliver my soul. Oh, save me for thy mercy's sake. Interesting card. Uh, Rafa, we used to do Galactic Heritage. We kind of wrapped up that, and now he's using Brian Lars, uh, the Wizard of Oz with a Y. Maybe let's go down with uh, the affirmation. It says, I remain open and receptive to new business ventures and partnerships with reputable people, and I'm willing to operate from a place of integrity. That's what's up. So between the magician card and the uh, Rider Waite, but the alchemist slash the Starman in the Starman Tarot deck and that angel card, Maru, I'm curious what, if anything, resonated. Absolutely, it all resonated. The magician card is Mercury, right? So that's Thoth, the alchemist, who created alchemy and astrology and all knowledge. And it's just absolutely fitting because your words do create and that's exactly what he talks about in the Emerald Tablets, that you need to be really precise with your intentions, with your words, with your actions, be in right order. 
order being the opposite of chaos and light being order, chaos being darkness. And then Raphael's card, it really just spoke to the boundaries that we should hold for ourselves and the integrity of matching our frequencies and our vibrations with others who are our allies. And that opens up the possibilities of doors because your energetic frequency mixed with another's creates opportunity or um, closes the doors to opportunity. It's funny, that you, go ahead. Go ahead. it's funny that you say uh, the doors because I do a daily card jam where I pull, you know, a tarot card, a bunch of different Oracle cards. And today I actually pulled 22, which is the IBIS, which is about learning. To getting into Thoth. I mean, I was like, oh shit, I'm having Maru on today. Super synchronicity. <laughs> right? But like, not surprised in a way. Uh, but what it was showing, like in the even the image, uh, Stacey DeMarco's card, who was just actually on the podcast. Shout out, Stacey. But um, yeah, it's like this, you know, Ibis kind of going towards a door and it's like, you know, a light from beyond kind of thing. And you're right, like we get to initiate through doors um, through intention and through uh, willingness, but also through like proper timing it's funny that you're kind of talking about the chaos and the disorder because i think it's some of um we can get into this later um some of the verses of the later tablets were kind of getting into like even in the darkness order comes out of that but that's at such a high crazy level like don't go towards that <laughs> it's kind of a paradoxical kind of stuff mm -hmm. it really is so i'll just quickly i mean i don't want to jump right right into it uh, how have you been it's been a hot minute i know it's been an insane couple months uh, and just getting kind of weirder. You're an astrologer, so you're not terribly surprised probably, but um, how are you personally? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not surprised, but I'm just really experiencing these eclipse energies in such a alternate way, I guess I would explain. Um, as an astrologer and going through this particular time period, which in our culture results in like what we call Black Friday and Cyber Monday. <laughs> we start to run specials and uh, I did and uh, incredibly busy with the eclipse reading for December 14th, as well as the starseed PDFs that I do. And I've been channeling so much higher consciousness that I actually hit an apex where I've never felt this before, but my consciousness is actually sore. You know how like whenever you go to the gym and you work out really hard, my consciousness is sore. So in my dreams last night, it actually hurt to dream, if that makes any sense on this plane. Because it's almost like the part of my brain that generates the connection to higher dimensional information is uh, kind of exhausted at this point. Sounds like a really long trip, like at the end of like a long acid trip or something. You're like, okay, I want to like just like rest. Yeah, and it's amazing because I work with sacred plant medicine and hold plant diets. Um, I work with ayahuasca on a very regular basis because I assist in ceremony. And uh, not even that has caused this sensation before. So it's really fascinating, and that's actually what it is, is I'm taking January off completely, off Sun Soul TV, off my daily astrology. I've never done that before. Um, I'm either going to Mexico or back to the jungle in Peru, and I'm going to be going into a silence fast for an entire month and just go through some really deep and um, profound healing and also training to be able to carry the medicine. 
That's what's up. I'm glad we could catch you before uh, that sojourn. Sounds like, uh, I mean, obviously, just a bit of the astrology, but everyone is having to get into new levels of truth. Uh, it's funny, the sun's almost conjunct with the south node. And it's just like, some stories we're going to have to wrap up, and it's, it's an overloading time, but um, I think we're people who are willing and able are going to be stepping into kind of a new, you know, shedding an old skin and stepping into to a new form, snakeskin, cicada kind of style. Molting is definitely happening collectively as well as individually. So I do hope you have fun is maybe not the right word, but I hope it's meaningful and, uh, you know, um, you find the work necessary. You, d you don't try to say, it. I don't even know how to say what I'm saying. Cause I never done ayahuasca. So I'm like, uh, <laughs> good luck with that dojo. But it sounds, I mean, I'm, I can't imagine being quiet for a month and doing psychedelics, um, do you have any, like, what, what's your major intention going with this situation? My what? My major what? Major your what? intention. I mean, you're just like, I need mm. a vacay at some level, clearly, but it's another level. It's like, you're not taking, you're not just going to be like <laughs> at the pool. <laughs> like, this is going to be right. intense. Yes. It's going to be more intense than anything I've ever done before because I have, like I said, done plant diets and it's very interesting concept to explain to people. Because basically, in a nutshell, <clears throat> to summarize it, what you do is you sign a lifelong contract with a master plant teacher because we have to realize that everything is alive. That's one of the main teachings of Thoth as we get into the later tablets that Earth is a physical body, and as we are here, we are living organisms of Earth's physical body. And so we actually have to remain and balance of our poles, just like the North and the South Pole of the planet. And it's only whenever we step out of that polarity point of balance that any illness or death, even by accident, can touch us. So it's the keys to immortality, basically. So these master plant teachers, they're alive, streaming with consciousness and mass amounts of knowledge and education so once you do what's called the dieta you sign this contract for life with the plant you become the plant the plant becomes you and you become a teacher so i'm actually called a uh, bobensana maestra and in the shipibo tribe who are the keepers of ayahuasca uh, my name is sui noma so i've been given the shipibo name i've been given the teachings and the power of Bobinsana, and she teaches love, heart chakra openings. She teaches about forgiveness, she heals grief, and she enhances psychic abilities and increases your dreamscape. So there's many different things that you have to abide by. It changes your entire life, especially when it comes to energy and your alignment with it and those who then align with you. because. It's as simple as if I'm doing a detox and a cleanse or just even um, being conscious and mindful of what I eat and also what I do. And I'm still engaging with people in my life, just even as a friend or an associate that is not on that same path. Then I have to stop and recognize that that's a part of myself that's still shadowed or maybe veiled. It's still a part of my unconscious. It's playing out as a mirror reflection in my actual waking world. So that right alignment that thought talks about, about order, you have to make the right decisions. It's going the right direction. It's having the right thoughts, the right intentions, the right movements, everything, right action. 
and staying in right alignment so that you stay in your balanced polarity pole so that you are on the path of healing and you are on the path of protection. Uh, perfection actually is the word that I meant to say, but that's also what he talks about is that even though there is no perfection that man should never stop striving for it. That is and, actually something that stuck out to me because he's like, it's not possible, but move that way. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and it's funny that you had a 40 and slip about protection because the cult, Egyptian culture had the Ankh, right? And mm -hmm. I know, I mean, I, I'm coming from Judeo-Christian stuff. I'm not thinking it's terribly alien for people to think of protection, but maybe in a postmodern kind of modern, you know, world that we live in and people don't think in terms of like straying from a path lead. Uh, it's not it's dangerous for the individual potentially as opposed to just like you know we have a very romanticized vision i think in the west especially after the french revolution and stuff of like freedom do whatever and it's like you can do whatever but there's consequences um and you know you might have a lot of uh lessons you might not have actually it's tricky because i don't know how to word this it's like ultimately it's all good the one is learning through you whatever sure i mean it even seems like there's this like all, you know the light and the dark of the one and like all this so it's kind of like it's all good but you can take a whole lot of uh detours um that are aren't necessary uh unless you choose choose to basically deviate from um righteousness maybe too strong a word but it's like like uh, order it seems like mm -hmm. he's hammering on yeah, that's absolutely the truth. And it's the same with uh, the plants and what Thoth teaches is that, um, you know, you're going to take a lot longer to get there. At, an, at, at a certain point, you have to realize that aging and death comes because you're not in a balanced polarity point. And you basically have to work to detach in a large sense from that the implications of the world around you that your main mission is to stay unaffected in the world and, but not of it stuff exactly yeah and it's so it's really tricky complicated work especially when you're in the body and you have emotions i recently just did my human design and i'm a, an emotional manifester i'm a peer manifester and i i understand so much deeper and that's part of me going for a month is to plug into the earth because it's a, it's a battery source right like day before or actually yesterday we hit the largest spike in the schumann resonance that earth has ever oh, seen yeah. i was going to mention that actually because you were saying you want to get in tune with earth and i'm like what is how does that even look given how it, it seems even the schumann is re reflecting that things aren't normal is a weird word but it's like uh <laughs> things are changing they absolutely are. And that's, it represents consciousness. So consciousness has hit a spike. And at this time of what they're calling, not what they are calling, that's not the right terminology, but what we're perceiving to be this ultimate dark spell, like the spiritual warfare that's going on, that's also spoken in, about in the tablets. And it's interesting because the parts that we're going to get into do speak about this time whenever we go through this great battle and half of the world's population is eliminated. It's prophesized by Thoth here in the tablets. And only at that time shall basically Atlantis rise from the dark oceans. And when Atlantis rises, uh, the light will reclaim power. And we are 
the children amongst the light, right? So it, the ban the darkness shall be banished, and we reclaim our place. Yeah, because the terminology I think it uses is like you could choose to be a brotherhood of darkness or a child of light. We're all ultimately potentially i think within the one to be children of light but that this is where it gets tricky and i, I do want to get into it. it's like uh the calls and necessity of george soros <laughs> uh because when i was starting to talk about like kind of what you're talking about like this like last moment that gets kind of ratchet um in the tablets it was also referring to you know reptilians essentially it mm -hmm. seemed uh and i especially given the fact that you're an rh negative Raphael's an rh neg my fiance's an rh neg she's also a manifester um in the human design. So I, I didn't, uh, there's a few levels of things where I thought you might have a very interesting take on it more so than just myself reading it. Cause it's like, you're an astrologer. It starts talking about certain things like in them, but on those levels, um, I mean, I'm an astrologer too, but not quite like as a, a professional as you are. Um, and you're a reptilian or whatever, right? It's a level. Mm -hmm. So it's like, yo, like, what is this all about? So, um, Raphael, before we start jumping into this, is there anything, uh, that she's touched on that you want to touch on, or should we just kind of go to bat and see where it goes? Let's uh, charge right ahead. Charge it, as they say, I believe, on some uh, the Flintstones. Talk about predictive programming. Uh, they would say charge it as in, like credit cards, charge it. Anyway, um, so last episode when you were on, we did the uh, books one through seven. I thought that was pretty exhaustive like we did a good job on that and i know that you're saying you don't want to go that revelatory at this point which i respect um so yeah always plead the fifth you know be like i don't i don't feel well say whatever you want but i'm not offended by you being like no nah, i'm not going to touch that or you know this is where the road stops or whatever <laughs> okay yeah yeah um so yeah we got to uh book seven last time the seven lords the key of mysteries is book eight or tablet eight rather um, mm -hmm. It's interesting because that's one that I think it, there was a few mental things that were coming to my mind. Um, and I don't, uh, if you want to give it a summation really quick, but when I was talking about angles and hounds um, and being able to kind of use uh, the thing that kept coming to mind was Fibonacci, um, golden ratio, basically, not Fibonacci, but like golden ratio, uh, golden spiral stuff. It's like you can dodge bullets if you kind of move in a certain way, but if you get caught up in certain angles, like you're fucked. I wanted to know, kind of know what you thought about what that might mean, but give us, I guess, a bullet point summation of what you think the key of mysteries tablet is kind of getting at yeah basically the this particular tablet is talking about the watchers right there's a kingdom of shadows it's basically here to destroy um the people who have incarnated as humans and what thoth refers to the, those people as is those who are bound to the body those who are bound to earth and um speaking about the watchers who are basically guarding the outer rims so that as our consciousness rises and we take these out-of-body experiences and we go out and explore we hit this certain barrier it's like a limit on consciousness but it's actually a limit on space and so we have to move in uh, circles because the dwellers they move in angles Right. And there, he talks about them being angles unknown to man. And if you're out there on some sort of uh, out of body experience and you, you hit this bar barrier, you get, you sound off the alarm and the watchers come after you, you have to move in circles and curves back into your body or basically your soul gets disseminated. 
And that's something that's really fascinating because it's like, you don't want to step out of this circular vibration. And, and he talks about the great cycles of time quite extensively, right? There's guardians of the cycles. And that's what astrology is. That's probably the bell that it's ringing for you in particular is that there's cycles that we're in repetitive patterns with right now. So basically the circle will give you protection and save you from the claws of the dwellers that move in the angles. So the dwellers is the darkness, the dwellers is the hounds. And it, it we're tr it's like that kind of like concept of being trapped inside of a box, right? And thinking outside of the box. To think outside of the box, you need to think in circles. If we think about time, if we think about oscillation, a lot of people think that oscillation goes up and down at, you know, varying rates of speed. The higher your frequency, the higher, you know, your vibration goes up and down. But that's not actually not the truth. Whenever you want to break free of the construct of time, you literally have to oscillate in circles. And that's one of the biggest kind of keys that I can give as far as this goes, because there is no necessary end to infinity, right? And he also, I think it was in tablet seven that he kind of just wraps it up that in order for infinity to exist, time has to exist. And that's a really interesting concept. And it just, it goes towards the duality, positive and negative poles, circles and angles. So you could think of the angle as the chaos and you can think of the circle as order. So yeah, we are meant to go through these cycles. We are meant to basically understand how to circle back to our own body and how to circle back to our own knowledge how to circle back to our own soul. Whenever we are living in this external world outside and perceiving all of that, that's almost like angles. And now we have to circle back internally to find ourselves. So yes, we're a body, but we're not. And I love how Thoth explains it in so many ways that he is alive yet not alive and not bound by death, but existing and existing in a time that's considered to be in the future of where we actually are now, because as time is timeless, even though these tablets were written 36,000 years ago in our linear perspective of everything, I think that at any time that you read them, whatever incarnation or whichever year it may be, according to us, it, you're you're still in this perceivable timeless space where it's all existing so it's fascinating to think that yes he says he's actually here but he also says that he's in stasis and he also says that he's in the future so it's this this understanding of you have to go into your own halls of amente circle back into yourself go down to where the seven lords rule and in a, in a metaphorical sense as well, I think that that's one of the scary parts, you know, like working with ayahuasca and things like that, it opens up your subconscious. There's no block. There's, it's like, yeah, you can get into higher states of alternate consciousness through meditation, but your conscious mind can always protect you. And I think that that's the watchers in a large sense is that 
your conscious mind goes into fight or flight, pulls you out of that uh, deep subconscious work to say, no, don't face that because it's, it's, it's like a fright. It's kind of scary. And I think in uh, Kabbalah, they call it crossing the abyss. I mean, it's really difficult hmm. to do. And I, I hadn't thought of what you're saying in these terms. Um, but I guess in a way I could totally see what you're saying now that you're explaining it in the sense that the watchers are aspects, maybe not only of physiology, but like aspects of, um, like duck pin bowling or whatever. It's like, these are things that are going to keep you functioning at a certain level. And if you move beyond these parameters, you might start like, you know, hitting terminal limits, like physiologically, psychically, et cetera. Absolutely. I mean, it actually ties into, you know, the very end tablets of what he's talking about with Osiris and Isis. Um, and also what you were mentioning with the blue Lotus, because, um, this is totally in alignment with what we're talking about. It's just kind of skipping a timeline at the same time, which is totally appropriate. Um, in ancient Egypt, the blue Lotus was basically used for sacred ceremonial practices. And it was much of the like of ayahuasca. So blue Lotus is a sacred master plant teacher. And I've actually been called to do a dieta and carry the I think medicine. it even has DMT, right? It does, yeah. Um, so I've been called to carry the medicine and carry the wisdom of the sacred blue lotus. So it's about death and transformation. It's about death and rebirth. So in ancient Egyptian expression of everything, whenever you passed from this physical plane into the spirit world, the underworld as they call it, you would meet with Set, or I'm sorry, Anubis. And Anubis would take you to Ma'at, and Ma'at weighed your heart heavy as a stone or light as a feather. And basically what that weight was representing is the weight of your decisions, the weight of the things that you have not let go of, your unforgiving being. Um, these, these, they would actually administer the sacred blue lotus and your judgment would basically be upon yourself in quite a sense. So the work of ayahuasca, the work of the blue lotus is to like process all of this unconscious, process the trauma, process the fear, process all of the insecurities. It's to lighten the weight of the soul. And so that whenever you stand, before Anubis and Ma'at, you're able to pass into Amente. You're able to pass into the next experience of life. Now, Thoth actually teaches you how to do this while maintaining your memories. And there's a really deep, profound thought that I have about this is that at the end of this experience that you call life, would you want to remember or would it weigh on your soul? Because to take everything that you've been through in this experience and take it into the next and take it into the next and take it into the next, how would that weigh on your soul at the end? It might, might carry a lot of baggage. <laughs> Absolutely. So there has to be um, a key. You have to unlock the door, right? And, and that's what the whole work is, is knowledge. Knowledge is everything. You must seek that perfection within knowledge that 
it's literally not about the body, which raises so many questions that even my best friend, who's a plant medicine guide, would really uh, go into a deep debate with me about this. But there's some sort of trick is what I want to call it. There's some sort of loophole whenever it comes to the body versus the spirit, because the body is yet an illusion, but yet it houses this physical experience that we're guiding through. And in order to perfect the body, according to the Emerald Tablets and what Thoth tells us is that it actually comes down to one hour per day with your head facing the North Pole and one hour with your head facing the South Pole. And that, you know, should you live to be a hundred, if you don't do this every single day, death is quickly upon your heels. Um, that this simple tool here is actually the key to immortality. And two hours a day? That sounds ridiculous because this is a fast paced world. And then that leads to the question of should we be in living this world, like you said, be of this world, but not be in this world. But to not to, to have the time for two hours a day, yeah, we dedicate it to a whole bunch of other stuff. But you know, if you operate a business, if you work, if you have children, if you have responsibilities and things like that, to just literally lay down for two hours in two different directions each day consciously, that's a lot of intensity as time speeds as we move out onto the outer rims of the photon belt and time literally is uh, collapsing. So where are we actually going is kind of the question. I know that that's really deep for this, um, but these strange curves and angles, right? These, these are formed within the directions of man, but the unconsciousness the the mindlessness of man doesn't ever really contemplate these simple questions to look at a circle and to look at a square and really see because we look at the flower of life which is a symbol of thought everything in creation that's formed of geometry is formed from the square within the circle but the circle always encompasses a square so what has the power it's like it brings to mind uh, Jupiter and Saturn. Saturn's rings, to me, even though they're circular, represent some sort of square. And Jupiter represents this circle. What is the battle in the sky and in the heavens? And what is the battle right now going on with the great conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn is the battle between the square and the circle. That's really deep. I actually never thought about that. And Saturn has that hexagonal then, kind of north uh, pole thing going on, which mm -hmm. is like a square in a weird, I mean, Saturn's cube, that whole mystery, uh, you know, cool. Mm -hmm. uh, you know what I'm getting at. I don't know how to explain <laughs> what I'm saying. All right. And I'd like to bring this up as you talk about Jupiter and Saturn. Victor has been on and kind of also relaying this idea, and I find it too interesting not to share, is that in some ways the idea about Saturn and Jupiter may actually be reversed in the sense that probably he would very much say now that Saturn is the circle, so that is correct, because in this case it represents more like the idea of the golden rule and let's say the fundamental metaphysical principle, and therefore to me could also well represent ideas such as found in uh, scripture, let's say, such as Emerald Tablets of Thoth, and that is actually, let's say, the higher order than an 
imagined uh, revolution that is always bound to that construct. So always, as you say, you know, within the circle still, even if you make yourself a box and put everyone inside so you can, you know, feel great for a moment. You see where I'm going with this? I do. No comment. <laughs> right. So, I mean, yeah, I, I don't, when Victor said this, I was playing with the ideas, this guy named Victor Bruga, I think, uh, he was coming on being like, everyone's got these archetypes backwards. And I guess in a sense, I'm not saying I agree or disagree particularly, I tend to be more traditional Western astrology vibes on it. Um, but I think the idea was more something to the effect of uh, the golden age was brought by Saturn and the the rebelliousness the expansion that kind of broke those limits and caused you know angels to fall or whatever you want to call it metaphorically um was more of a jupiterian element as opposed to we tend to be like jupiter is like let freedom ring and saturn is like old mr scrooge and fuck that guy or you know we, we tend to put these weird archetypes it's it's bigger than that but i think that's kind of what he was getting at yeah, and just because you mentioned it this way, in this case, um, just wanted to say that there's also a perspective that would see it reversed or in the way that you initially spoke about it. So that's all I wanted to point out. Kindly continue. Mm-hmm. Something that fucks up my head. Oh, go ahead. That wraps up tablet eight, just as an FYI. FYI. Okay, I think, yeah, well, okay, one thing that uh, it said in there, and you're right, it does kind of wrap that up. Um, I mean, it's saying, you know, get on board with this shit or else you're gonna, your consciousness is going to be left behind. It's almost like there's an animating force, and if you don't get on the right groove of the record, like, the music keeps playing and you're just not a part of it anymore. Exactly. Word. So it's kind of a strange thought, but uh, that would not be fun, particularly, and it's trying to help you avoid that. Um so yeah, and uh, just looking through this. Uh, Actually, there is something that I want to add to that. So if you show up with your uh, heart on the scale and it weighs heavy as a stone, you you get deleted from existence, from any incarnational experiences past that. So in a sense, what he what that tells you is that just, you've passed the test many times before. You're here. That's what I wanted to get at just now, because wouldn't that, in, at a first glance, this would sound like, oh my, like, this is really dangerous. But at the same time, if, yeah, most everyone will have a multiplicity of incarnation. It's, it's more like, well, this is super easy. No? Kind of. <laughs> yeah, it's not super easy. You've done I mean, some not, work. <laughs> not, yeah, whatever, whatever it is, but like, you know, like, it's... It's doable. Let's just say high, pos high, high probability of success just based on quote-unquote past experiences. Mm -hmm. Exactly, yeah. We wouldn't be having this conversation if your heart had weighed differently. It reminds me, I don't know if right. you watched Midnight Gospel, um, this animated thing on Netflix that's pretty funny with Duncan Trussell, but there's a bunch of episodes on that, and um, there's a few that stand out to me. The third one has um, a magician named Damien... Um, I forget his last name now, uh, but anyway, th that one's cool, number three, and it kind of gets into like magic versus East versus West thinking and all this kind of stuff. You might find that interesting if you haven't seen the show, just you could watch the third and fifth episode gets into Bardo loops. This guy was talking about doing DMT on the solstice in an orgy <laughs> on the solstice back in 2012 and like coming in and out and all sorts of crazy <laughs> weird shit. I'm not saying I suggest that, but it's uh, 
that's what they're kind of addressing. And he's kind of getting into this idea. Well, the reason I'm bringing it up is it, it, during this uh, ego, I forget. It even shows Saturn because it's like we're going to a a prison essentially um, of a simulation of a prison for souls to like have an existential like loop or something like that and like try to learn. Right. Um, and it shows uh, a bird being plucked and the feather being put on a scale uh, kind of thing. A lot of levels of, you know, occult illusion. Uh, it seems the um, scales of Mott being kind of that in that image. Wow. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Oh, it's only like two hours. It's like, you know, eight 20-minute episodes. If you like, uh, I don't even know how to explain it. You might not need to watch it. It's pretty surreal and weird, but it's also funny. So it's kind of like Rick and Morty, but more woke, I guess you could say. Or it's just like, oh, we're going to get kids who want like, you know, super acid visuals in on it. But instead of just being highly entertained... Like we'll try to interject, you know, meaning, meaningful stuffs. Uh, it kind of goes everywhere. It's like excerpts from little podcasts. Very interesting. It's on Netflix. Check it out. Episode five and three are pretty much the. I mean, you could watch them all. There's eight, but it's like those are the ones that like hit me in the face most. Um, anyway, so that wraps up the kind of tablet eight, the key of mysteries. Um, and it is important to note that like mystery with a capital M reigns over all this. Even I mean, especially later on in the languaging, it gets into places where paradox is obvious, where it's like everything is all in the one but then don't do this right so it gets kind of tricky but um tablet nine is called the key of freedom and of space what are your thoughts pertaining to this so freedom of space gets into some of the conversation about the sun and how the sun is actually a key to our consciousness and basically in a sense a doorway and i don't know if any of you have seen Damien T. Berry's Knowledge of Forever Time series. I've never even heard of it. Oh, wow. Yeah, he, he, I think there's like eight or nine episodes. They're really extensive. And just a brief synopsis, he used to be a sports telecaster and he went to Egypt. He put his hand on the Sphinx and had this like multidimensional time shift and this great awakening it was just like an instantaneous effect for him and then he went on this massive path of deep knowledge and explore exploration he made these really powerful episodes that, and one of them talks about all the stargates that are located in these ancient places and that you know there's going to come a time whenever our earth is basically not viable and going through a major shift blah 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 and he talks about the, the way off of this planet is through the sun. And the, at the bottom of the sun is an actual like doorway. And he, he actually showed it through different types of uh, color filters put over the sun. And the different temperature readings and things like that, that actually it's, it's not hot. You could actually walk through it. So these stargates are meant, they're, they're stargates, but they're sun portals is basically what they are. And they're just those huge megalithic stones out in the middle of nowhere <laughs> that um, have like a, a sun glyph of some sort at the top of them. And uh, just like, looks like you can walk straight through it. And obviously you can. So it has to be activated in some sort of way. I believe he talked about how consciousness was the activation point. And this is basically what we're getting at in this particular tablet is that um, space is divided by time, right? The key is the space time. 
and that's how we shall unlock the gate. But it's from the knowledge that's hidden, but has yet forever existed. So it's really fascinating the way that this is expressed because we can tap into it. Like he reminds you to always keep your face to the light, like actually go outside, look up to the sun, take in the light coats. So then we start to think about like, well, what is, what have all these chemtrails been about? What has everything been about? Why are we isolated? Why do they tell us now at this particular time when the Schumann resonance is spiking that we're not supposed to go outside? And now we have to wear all this protective, you know, PPE stuff. It, it, it's, it's really trying to block the light codes. And these are the codes of the sacred knowledge that's coming through space-time to penetrate into our body to unlock the keys of knowledge that still exists forever but's hidden from men. So we're not dealing with a system of ignorance. We're dealing with a system that is incredibly intelligent and powerful that's been in play forever. And so he continues also to talk about these circles and angles in this tablet and that we need to seek the circle within, and that this is the gateway within, and it's within you. Within you shall you live. And know that still even within perceivable death is life for everything exists. The soul is space-free. Only the soul is space-free, and it has life that is really life. All else is only the bondage, a feather of which to be free. And that's really deep if we just kind of pause right there and think about that, that only the soul is space free. And if we look at the basis of our molecular structure, our atoms, they're space free, right? There's nothing there. And in essence, and Light, the whole holographic kind of universe model. Exactly, exactly. So that, yeah, that's part of why I had no comment on that, um, the previous Jupiter-Saturn thing. Well, it's funny because it's also saying like, you know, man, you are only spirit, the body's nothing, soul is all. And we've mm -hmm. had these discussions with Thomas Sokowitz, who's been on a few times. I don't know if you know him, I feel like you might. Um, he's a cool guy. Um, where, I mean... This gets tricky because it gets into differentiation that was almost arbitrary ultimate. It's like the physical, like you know how you're like the great mystery you might debate with your friend about. It. It's like what's body, what's mind, what's spirit, all this stuff. And I think that there's some kind of bifurcating that's maybe practical and function. So it's like we're embodied to experience time in a material way. But ultimately, it's like spirit involving on itself or something, kind of like a toroid or whatever. So it's just like everything. I mean, we say it all the time, but it's like consciousness. There's nothing outside of consciousness right in some weird way and even the fact of being quote embodied and stuff is just consciousness kind of manifesting in a form that's not how it is in other ways i know i sound all convoluted i'm not making much sense probably but it, like what's not spirit maybe in a weird way is to look at it and then when when you start paying attention it's almost like um if you go to you know universal studios this thing it's like what's not on the lot but if you get on that soundstage and you start playing with those props and saying certain things on a script, it's like, yeah, you're in a little micro universe of a story called a TV show or film or whatever. But it's like you're always ultimately on, you know, universal property or however you want to put that. Uh, so it seems like something like that's kind of being represented um, and is saying, you know, 
basically don't take the body. You, you know, you were saying the body's a fetter. Uh, it's like if you look at it in a certain way, it'll hold you back. Basically, I mean that's t- like if you take it too seriously or think that's all there is, you're only kidding yourself. And then when you start kind of opening up certain keys and understanding things in terms of uh, reality and quote materiality in a certain way, you start realizing. It almost reminds me of uh, have you? Ever, I'm sure you've seen it. The old uh, Aha music video from Take on Me, where it's like the cartoon world and like the real world. It's like we think there's this duality, but it's like we're going to just walk through that that plane at some point and be like we were just imagining things to be a certain way mm-hmm. in order for a certain kind of experience. Right. I mean, we, it's so obvious in a way, but it's also like the greatest mystery of all fucking time where it's like, what the fuck are we doing? Psychedelics have helped me. I mean, being on DMT and stuff, I was like, that's more real than here. And then when I get back here, I'm like, this is functionally real. Like I'm embodied here uh, and it's it's working here and now and stuff. Um, yeah, and it's talking – it's funny that you mentioned the sun as a portal. I mean, it's not the first time I've probably heard of that. People of the sun uh, is a Rage Against the Machine song, but it's also like a very strong motif obviously in many cultures that are kind of stemming from Atlantis lineage kind of stuff, uh, whether it's Egyptian or kind of um, the South American kind of people. Sun, I mean, obviously we could say solar cult and lunar cult are a thing, but uh, which might even play into brotherhood of darkness slash, uh, you know, children of light kind of thing. But um, Dan Winter uh, was saying something to the effect of, um, spacing on it. I thought about it a minute ago and now I'm losing the thought, but something to the effect of uh, if extraterrestrials are coming here like with like nuts and bolts and shit, like basically there's two types of beings you could say from not human beings. It's like if they come through the portal of the sun, they're probably on a wave that you want to get involved with and if they're not coming through the sun, it's like you better watch out because they might not be, co- they're kind of doing things dice in a dicey way. That was Dan's interpretation. I'm not sure if I agree or even know enough to speak well upon that but just thought I'd throw that out there. Yeah, that's pretty deep because Dan Winters talks about, you know, charge imploding <laughs> to where you become the Jedi, right? You're in tune with the force, you know, the force is strong. And so uh, he talks about steering stars, steering tornadoes. And uh, thought tells us that we are stars bound to the body. Okay, so we look up into the sky, we see these great cycles of time. We are those stars experiencing themselves from this perspective and this is all multi-dimensional so yes you know these energies and these uh vibrations so for instance he tells us to be one with the sun state so i am sun soul astrology and that's where this all came from for me is to be a sun soul in astrology the sun represents the soul <laughs> so uh, there's planet alchemy, right? And this is the work of transference of energy, of transmutation. So we're taking one energy, like let's say chaos. A magician card, alchemist. Right. <laughs> exactly. We're taking chaos and through order, we are bringing light. We're giving birth to the light. But there's, there's energy. Energy is the source, right? Energy, no matter what it is. That's like why if somebody throws bad vibes your way, freaking suck it in. Like, you know, <laughs> suck it in and suck it into your solar plex where the, the seat of the soul sits in an essence where that fire sun burns. And you transmute it from that particular place 
and manifest it into the order. So you take their chaos, you manifest it into order, you transmute the darkness into light. So yes, born of chaos is order, born of the darkness is light. Does that explain it? I mean, it's heady, and I think it's something worth digesting, but I think I grok it at, at least a particle of me understands this because it does not not resonate in that sense. Um, and it, it's, it's weird because it's paradoxical. I mean, there's just a lot that the human mind, I don't know if it can even handle in a sense, kind of like you were saying, you were getting stretched with your dreams. I think there's a certain point where it starts becoming so abstract that it's like hard to understand but psychedelics meditation these kinds of things can allow and even just you know you said reading and listening to these kind of tablets over and over again exponentially kind of improves the quality of the uh, you know electric wiring causing the circuit of this awareness to come through or whatever so so yes it makes sense but i'm not gonna be like i get it <laughs> like it's like whoa shit this is some mystery capital and mystery stuff uh there's a couple of things that it talks about um you know, it's starting to, uh, at one point, it's like the nine interlocked dimensions. There's nine cycles of space, diffusions of consciousness, worlds, and with worlds, nine is a big deal. It's starting to get into like three is a big mystery, I think, at this point. Um, but nine obviously has a resonator. I've, I've played God of War. I don't know if you played that video game, but it's three is Idrisil stuff, right? Where it's like, um, not, I mean, that's an old Nordic way of looking at it, but it's like there's one universe, if you want to put that way, the tree of Idrisil, and it's got nine branches which are kind of nine templates of reality coexisting simultaneously in different ways. So I thought that was kind of resonant in explaining itself in, you know, in an Egyptian context, which was kind of cool, predating Nordic in that sense. Um, it's talking about, you know, oh, the mind's oh, nine galactic tones. And he was right. in one of his incarnations, Quetzalcoatl. Well, in a weird way, it seems just like we've been playing the same song and dance and it's just been shifting all over what we perceive as linearity. Um, I was just mentioning this to um, the last guest, but I, I've seen it before, but it was worth watching again, and I'll send you a link if you want it. And I do want you to send me a link or repeat at some point that um, that series that you said the guy was talking about, the stu Sun Gates, that would be cool to check out. Um, but uh, Werner Herzog, I think is his name. He's a German filmmaker, and he's done a lot of things. He's got this one thing that came out in 2010 um, called The Cave of Forgotten Dreams. Long story short, 35,000 years ago, <laughs> Uh, there was a bunch of people up in France, South France doing cave art. It's basically like the first, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, the hairy cavemen of Chem kind of shit, right? Or whatever, um, where even later on in another tablet, it's kind of like, you're not that different from beasts. And I started fanning this flame in you and it's sort of setting you apart in a particular way. Um, it's kind of evidence that that, and earlier you said something about 36,000 years. I'm like, this was at 35,000 years, they think. And it's just, it's gnarly because we're we've come into a point of uh perceiving reality in a certain way uh it's been very i mean according to the uh lisa um holt uh, galactic heritage cards going from you know a lemurian kind of feminine thing into an atlantean kind of time and now we're kind of merging back into some middle thing or whatever um but we've been trying to like dissect and analyze and know and like you were saying knowledge is very important but like wisdom is not knowledge i don't think we've been very wise with the knowledge we've acquired generally it's like oh we could split atoms let's go blow up those people or what you know it's like it's not been the best way we could do it probably it's it is what it is so i can't you know i can only lament so much but um i guess everyone gets their heart weight or whatever so they'll deal with the karma but um it seems that there's a lot more to the picture than me. Yeah, I guess what you were kind of saying with the Quetzalcoatl thing, that's why it made me think this. It's like, um, I don't even know. 
we tend to perceive time linearly, like that's what I was mentioning, the cave people, but it's like there's punctuations in a multidimensional sense that are ever-present. So it's almost like I, I, I'm kind of bugging out my own head. I'm not really explaining what I'm trying to say, but point is it's a lot more complicated and simultaneously very, very simple kind of what's going on. It's like things outside of time are expressing themselves in and through time at various points. But to us, that's a linear thing where we're like, oh, there's Quetzalcoatl over there and there's Thoth over there, whatever. Whereas that's the one thing outside of time expressing itself through time or something like that. It's, it's well, it's the perfect time to discuss the keys of time. Well, I'll jam on that cylinder. Go for it. <laughs> so I'm going to read something very direct from the tablets that sums it up very well. Is it into all pervading thought? grew the law of time, time which exists through all space, floating in a smooth rhythmic movement that is eternally in a state of fluctuation. Time changes not, but all things change in time, for time is the force that holds events separate, each in its own proper place. Time is not in motion, but yet we move through time as your consciousness moves from one event to another. So time yet exists all in all an eternal one existence. Know that even though in the time we are separate, yet still are one in all time's existence. I mean, it's heavy shit. It seems, but like, I think we're almost at a time where our species can kind of grok it. Like, it's weird. I think, I mean, a few of us, I mean, I'm not, it's not a bragging point. I haven't done enough. I don't know, no, no, but it's like, I think I've experienced enough where I'm like, I think I understand. Will you be the indicator of this collectively? <laughs> so, I, I, maybe I'm the last monkey. I'm the hundredth monkey, and maybe everybody else is all on board. And I'm just like, shit, okay. Um, we talked <laughs> about that before, where, like, people tend to think of themselves as the apex of, like, the universe, where, like, Nobody gets it like I do. It's like, what if we're like the most ignorant person in the fucking movie? And it's like, well, I'm the last one to get it. Directly following that, Thoth says he departs from the dweller to go ponder time. So Thoth is like, yeah, that was deep because that was the dweller speaking. As he went into the halls, to, he had a question for the master saying, what is, um, yeah, what is thought trip? eternal? What is thought right, eternal? Right. And that's basically the answer is that in the beginning, there was eternal thought. And for thought to be eternal, time must exist. So that's the all-pervading thought that grew into the law of time and manifested to exist through all space, floating in a smooth rhythmic motion that is eternally in a state of fixation. So time is fixed, which is fascinating because if we think about the fixed signs of the uh, astrological chart, there's Taurus, Leo, Scorpio, and Aquarius. <laughs> and so deep. And so deep because we, we get the bull, we get the lion, Scorpio, we get um, the eagle, the phoenix. And then through Aquarius, we get the water bearer who is kind of outside of a, a concept, right? <laughs> That's where we move into quantum space and where we move into this, uh, you know, just absolutely mind-bending concept of time. Because 
though it exists, it's only holding events to be separate, but only to hold them in their proper place. And through motion of this fixation is our consciousness. So it's, it's literally, we exist within the oneness through time, but time is based off your perspective. And that's also something that, that Thoth says is that your perspective manifests your reality. And we all know that to be true. So it doesn't matter really at the end of the day where, and this is something that's been coming to my consciousness for a minute. So I actually want to, uh, go jam on it, speak on it. <laughs> it just kind of popped out of my head for a second, but, um, yeah, shoot. It just like mind swiped. It's really deep. So I know it'll come back again. <laughs> and when it does, I'll interrupt whoever's talking in order to say it. But basically, Thoth is talking about how he himself has to ponder time. And there's a certain point whenever he talks about how, you know, these these powerful lords are telling him that basically he's the ruler of Earth, Thoth. And he, in an essence, kind of is Earth in a way. And I think of Taurus as Earth, to tell you the truth. Like, I mean, I know it represents Earth, but I believe it to be Earth, you know, ruled by Earth, not Venus. Um, but they're telling him that even though, you know, you are so powerful in the domain in which you rule over, you don't know shit, in an essence. And there's this interesting uh, meme that I posted on my Instagram that's like, uh, you know, it's the, it's the universe and it has this little pie slit and it says what you think you know. And then another bigger slice that says what you know that you don't know. And then there's this huge, like vast space that says. Uh, what you don't know, you don't know. <laughs> exactly. Like you don't even know that you're supposed to know. And it reminded me of what Thoth was told by these powerful lords that are just like, you're still a baby. And so we translate that into what we're experiencing here. And yeah, that's why Thoth is so protective of this knowledge is because it does have implications, right? Some people are built to ponder and to uh, deepen the process into this information and other people are not meant to, they're not really capable of it. It's like, you are not tall enough to get on the ride. Exactly. Yeah. How much light can your body hold? How much, how much can your consciousness conceive before it actually breaks? Right. And like you were saying earlier, I uh, would probably melt at a certain point if we, if we intook too much too fast. Cue Indiana Jones and the Ark of the Covenant. It's just mm -hmm. like, oh shit, I'm melting. <laughs> um, so it kind of gets <laughs> into, um, you know, he's talking about the lords and the signs in their houses, clearly a astrological reference there um, and getting into certain things. But he's mentioning uh, the dark prince of Arulu. Um, what do you think that represents? Because later on, spoiler, in one of the later books, it's like he goes to these boundaries and realizes the necessity of these these things where it's like oh shit like they're keeping chaos at bay or whatever way later more like you know 14 or 15th book or whatever's going on um but it's talking i mean at this point he's like you know there's a daughter of light and she's from arulu and there's a prince of darkness how are you interpreting all that uh language 
So that really translates into the Anunnaki, right? Arishnagal, the realms of Arishnagal, uh, to free, you know, come from Arlu, things like that. Um, kind of a Nana in a sense, but also Ma'at represents the uh, the female that he brings forth from the light. It's like he manifests the female into form. It's really powerful and it's really deep. But in an essence, this is where it starts to get into some of that veiled knowledge that I was talking about that I kind of wanted to skip over. Word. Word. Well, kids, you should read these fucking things and see if it clicks a button on you. I mean, it's saying stuff like, um, man is only what he believeth, right? A brother mm -hmm. of darkness or a child of light. Mm -hmm. Right. You're creating the reality. And it kind of creates, I mean, I, I don't know how, Rafael, you think about it in terms of the Bashar lens, but it's like we're responsible, more responsible than we think. And we can come up with all sorts of reasons um, that we're dreaming through that cause us to make decisions in certain ways, right? Like, oh, maybe I was just being a good German and so I went along with the Third Reich because it was the politically advantageous thing to do. I didn't really actually hate Jews. You know, stuff, weird shit like that, right? Um, but it's it's weird because it seems like uh, we're getting a choice always to move towards unity or division. Though separation exists in, a, in an illusory form, so it's not – I don't want to undervalue it. I mean, I think at some point we'll shift into a consciousness maybe where it's more – I mean, based on the Gene Keys and all sorts of other things, um, we had Richard run on the podcast, and it seems like his Gene Keys get into this a lot, but more from an I Ching kind of standpoint, um, where we're going to be evolving from our Ajna to the solar plexus from our mind in a certain way into a different kind of consciousness, uh, one in which we might actually think of ourselves and operate as selves, quote-unquote little s selves, um, very differently within the big s self or whatever. Like, um, like a coral reef is kind of one thing, but it has many parts. And people kind of get freaked out because they're like, I don't want to be a zombie or a clone. And I don't think it goes there. I think diversity will always exist. But I think that's the whole fall in the Bible or whatever, what it talks about. We've fallen from a unity consciousness into a multiplicity, which has its own, I guess, merits in a positively polarized sense um, or lessons. But now we're kind of like taking this, like, I mean, I think Bashar has a book called like Shattered Mirror or something like that. It's like we're taking these shattered shards of glass and pro and making stained glass out of it now we're like all right it's it's all different colors and that's fine but they're one story and for those who can see that it's going to be moving more towards light and for those who just refuse to do that um you know i guess it's their choice not to i'm not sure how that all works which kind of makes me think of Gollum. Where it's like, I mean, everyone's like, oh, Frodo's the chosen one. He's got to take this ring all the way to fucking Mount Doom. And it's like, the only reason it fell in is because Gollum's greed. <laughs> you know, it's like Frodo had turned into straight up Boromir style and been like, I'm not going to do this shit, Samwise. Like at the Mount Doom fire pit or whatever, like in the volcano, and Gollum kind of jumping on him and biting off his finger and stuff. That's the only reason it fell into the lava to create the alchemy that was necessary. It's like, it wasn't like... You see what I'm saying? I think it's weirder than we think. So it's like bad is a function for the good um, in some weird way. And that's why in some of these other tablets is saying like, you know, the light is within the darkness still, but like it's probably not good to go that way. <laughs> Basically, it's like it's more stressful at least, I guess. Uh, that's what I was going to say earlier is that um, it seems that what Thoth is talking about is that those of us who – 
seek consciousness, who seek knowledge, who understand that we're part of the oneness and there's this source of the law, right? The consciousness that is part of everything, right? The children that haven't had knowledge. It's almost like there's this paradigm between what Dolores Cannon talked about, about the background people. And like you said, he does get into the reptilians, right? And that they are uh, basically using some sort of technology to get into this matrix system. And influence it. Influence it, yes, and to become visible to us is is actually inhabiting a form, which gets us into a lot of the deep uh, stuff that's actually going on and being exposed in the world today. So I do believe that there are real souls that are here in actuality, and we are the ones that are meant to be operating from this law, you know, sons of the soul, sons of light, and children of the light, per se, and that we are basically, if you think about it, in in all senses, like viruses, right, and computer viruses, everything like that, it's 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 an injected program into the code, like Agent Smith in the Matrix. And there's those of us who are free of the bondage, right? Free of the matrix. We're actually awake with consciousness here. And we're the antibodies. So that's why they're trying harder and harder to inject this virus program into the souls of the awakened ones so that ultimate control can be harnessed from the side of the darkness because that's the the ever flow. of the universe is is balance right so even though we go through periods of time where we move back into light taking over and being in rain there's going to be another time in which darkness prevails and that's a cycle that's an ever cycle you know so the next tablet to get into is um you know as above so below wisdom and this is part of the seven hermetic principles and just as a reminder Thoth is the author, he's Hermes Trismegistus, who uh, created those seven hermetic principles. And it is as above, so below, as within, so without, as the soul, so to the universe, as you are the universe. But there's such weird ways in which we have to experience it, and which we have to have the vision that reaches beyond. And that's what plant medicine is, that's what ayahuasca is, DMT. It's the beyond, and sometimes you go into the beyond of the beyond, and sometimes that's all you can express whenever you come back from a ceremony is, you know, how was it? It was beyond, and then the next time is like, how was it? It was beyond the beyond. Like, I went to beyond the beyond of the beyond because, I mean, you you enter into, uh, whenever they talk about 3D, 4D, 5D, 6D, 7D, 8D, 9D, 10D, 12D, whatever, I've been in straight full immersion, 10, 12 dimensional space. And you can't even like, it, it actually has a physical sensation that goes along with it that stretches. And as you start taking these, these journeys into the beyond, uh, when I first started it, it felt like my skull was going to crack. Like I could hear, I could hear audibly my, my bones and my cells cracking and popping and I could feel like the gears of time wrenching like through through my physical body 
And now it's like, you know, I am a traveler. I can operate in both spaces at both times. And that's what becoming like an assistant. And that's what then becoming <laughs> a guide into that world looks like is you learn, you learn how to navigate space and time from multiple altered states of consciousness to where you can perceive within this third dimensional reality what somebody physically needs, but you can also see their programming, you can see their codes, and you can see their quantum entanglement. And you can also enter into their journey space. You can you can see their soul in such a unique and profound way. And you 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 sing, right? We actually call them the ikoros, which was a lang- it's songs that are taught by the ayahuasca vine itself. And these actually are the um, antibodies that we are. So if we understand that as above, so below, we understand harmonic resonance, right? And harmony, sound, that's all color, that's all light, that's all code. And so basically, that's the vision of the cycles, is being able to see into the cycles of someone's soul to really understand that the flesh is fleeting and what continues to exist is the energetic signature or imprint of that beingness. So ultimately he continues to just talk about in every single talk in every single tablet, free from the bondage, free to work in the harmony of law. So ignorance being the bondage where it's just like you're incapable at some point you're just not, playing the game and that, that's kind of what the funny it's part only way to win right right and it says like far in the past when i you know saw you guys in the cave rocks like the cavemen i was talking about thirty-five thousand year old cave dwell like there's evidence that they were different than like, like i said Neander, uh, neanderthals or uh who are still running around them equal i mean there was many types of humans quote unquote running around and then like some just started getting very more creative i mean you could say in a very specific way a way we would relate to as humans the first uh instrument was also found in a german cave um about thirty thousand years ago too old too and it's a from a, ironically a bird i think a vulture um wing bone that was split and put five holes into it and it's a pentatonic like art we i mean you're a musician like pentatonics rule most of popular music he played the star fucking spangled banner on this bone tool and it's just like y'all like same as it ever was like we're we got notched up a, a minute and i think we're hitting the end of this grade but we've been in this grade of learning as a species for you know it seems about forty thousand years or so um that's yes. interesting all Go the ahead. emperors um i believe if china like the great dragon right the white dragon black dragon yellow dragon red dragon all that sort of stuff um every time somebody took a new rulership they changed the tone and their frequency changed the heart their rulership and so, right, so it's like if you're a klingon you're i mean it's weird because it's all in a song but if like you're i mean this is weird if you're a klingon you're a certain tone and if you're mm-hmm. a vulcan you're a certain tone if you're a mayan you're a certain tone if you're you know this new kingdom we're not going to be love and light and hippy dippy we're going to be warring and genghis khan or you know what i mean different tone so they sing it to a different song and it seems like the way in which we and it gets tricky because I'm like, how much do we choose? How much we're part of it? It's kind of a mystery at some level, it seems. But um, yeah, you, you know, we're, we're a song of creation. Like in uh, uh, Netflix has a special called um, Dark Crystal and uh, the song of Thra. 
is like the whole point. Earth is like kind of a, a, a mesh up of Thra in a sense. And this lady's like, you're all just notes in the song. I mean, we could say this all sorts of different ways, but it's like we're coming to a time, as I know you've probably sense, we all sense, where we get to choose if we're, I mean, the, the date is on the table and you get to choose to pick up the toys and play with them well or not. That seems like the dollars can and split. It's like, are you going to play consciously or not? Because if you're not going to be conscious, you're going to get fucking AI Borg out. You know, you're just going to submit more and more to a certain kind of algorithm in a certain tone. And if you're going to become more sovereign um, and more, you know, creative and open and, you know, spiritual for better, lack of a better term, even though it's all spirit, it seems, uh, you're going to sing a different tone. And now we're starting to have like, it's like that Jean-Claude Van Damme. Uh, I don't know if it was a gif or what from back in the day where it's like he's doing splits on two different trucks or something it's like there's a and i feel like i'm straddling it because i'm living with very hard material reductionists and i could see their point as a double gemini and then on the other side i'm like talking to rafael and you and you know people and i'm just like okay no i get it like i've seen beyond so i understand this is kind of a dream but like the cognitive dissonance right now is insane it's definitely the last moments of the age of pisces it feels So, yeah. something. Oh, go ahead. If you wanted to say something. No, I was actually going to say I'm going to mute for just a second, so you keep talking. Word. Well, this might be a good time. Uh, well, I'll say one thing really quick. Uh, it's talking about, you know, these people, they're barely, you know, you were only a little bit better than beasts, like man, you know, Cro-Magnon, Neanderthal. So basically, you were jamming on really low cylinders, and then I fanned that consciousness in you until you became men, like as we are now, as we understand ourselves. And then it talks about something to the effect of... Um, we are of the great race, right? We're, uh, there's people that are starborn, right? And it, it's kind of getting into, I mean, not everything. I guess the Bible talks about fallen angels and, you know, um, Nephilim and stuff. But most cultures, maybe, maybe they do, and just people don't stress it because people don't want to face the facts or something. But it's like we're getting into people that are, you know, conscious beings that are not from Earth in that sense. Um, so, you know, wisdom uh, we gain from the starborn races, etc. He's talking about star seeds. Word. And he's he's talked a lot about the shining ones, which are the Elohim. Where did this last eclipse occur that we just had on November 30th? It occurred at Aldebaran, which is the Elohim star seeds, which obviously tie into biblical uh, fallen angels and things like that. Um, they carry crystal DNA genetic codes, but whenever you look back into... Uh, all of this information, you discover that all the star seed races, they came to earth to be teachers amongst men, as Thoth talks about, but they brought technology, they brought knowledge, they brought um, the tools of evolution, right? So without that sort of divine intervention of the children of the stars, would we not be where we are today through this process of activating our dormant DNA? And that's you know, Thoth, uh, he was Nangshida from Nibiru, and he's a master geneticist. So when we were created, he encoded into our DNA strand these uh, expansions based off of the cycles of time that were based off of the nine galactic tones of the Mayan calendar. And this is what has created consciousness through the evolutionary spheres. And so... Yeah, he's literally saying that now we're not coming on ships as we once did per se, right? We're not using alien technology. We've advanced, like they've advanced. So where we are now, like 
I've been on your show before and talked about how I'm a walk-in from Sirius B. So that's the type of technology that we're using so that we can affect consciousness and the shift, but from the human experience, because I think that that's something that was lacking is the complete submergence and emergence. And that's one of the things that really affected the Anunnaki when they were here is that, you know, if you're born on Nibiru where time and space actually operate differently, like what their day is considered is a shar. And for us here on earth, that's 24,000 years. That's a lot, <laughs> you know, that's one day for them. So Except like the fruit flies compared to us, it's like, do they last like a week? <laughs> like it, we have a life. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's just, it's different, you know, how things move through time. And so, uh, it was taxing, very, very taxing on them. And it, it's like, how do you come up with creative solutions to these types of problems? Well, you incarnate on earth. And so, yeah, whether this is, you know, we're hooked up to some sort of like we're sitting in this uh, grand chair somewhere else and we're just hooked into the program and like uh, a boy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if that's 24,000 years a day, I mean, this might be like 30 minutes. And so it's no big stress on that level to inject yourself for 30 minutes of your actual time, but can be perceived to, you know, maybe 80, 90, possibly a hundred years of earth years perspective. But then once you get here, it's like, wow, this is really real. Um, so, uh, apparently I got to continue to stay on the path. And I think that that's a big part of it is that whenever we seek this knowledge, we're reminding ourselves of the things that we already know. And maybe we're ready for it and maybe we're not. And that's what I was saying earlier and what thought just continues to allude to is that, you know, if you're not in a place of love, if you're not in a place of order, then you may choose to use this knowledge to harm because this is magic and magic is very real. And he reminds us that we should not fear the magic that we have within ourselves, that it's something that is of a natural birthright. And now we just see it in movies as some sort of fiction. But, you know, you can talk to anybody in this field and we're all going to basically have similar connections to things like, you know, you're talking about the dark crystal for me, it doesn't resonate at all. Like I can't watch it because maybe there's something too real about it. Um, but they're like the dark crystal, right? There's a darkness to that. And, uh, we just have to choose what we're willing to entertain within our electromagnetic field of self, right? Because everything is like attracts like. So we're going to sometimes attract darker messages from deeper within, or we're going to attract the messages of light. And then once we come, we come, we become masters of the magic. We learn how to, um, with knowledge, with wisdom, with discipline, ship, use that. Magician that card. Sense. Totally. Uh, yeah. And I, I'm imagining, I mean, I'm not a right negative Raphael is, so maybe he can speak upon it, but it's like, maybe that's triggering at that level. Cause it's kind of a reptilian story or Orion kind of blood level story. Uh, and you're obviously kind of trying to, edit undo that it seems more so as my fiance where it's like look let's not manipulate like let's not look at these people's like things to 
feed on, <laughs> like or whatever, that kind of level of uh, advancement of the program, if you want to put it that way. It's funny because some of these levels of the um, this tablet are talking about consciousness as, you know, there's levels below you, there's levels above you, there's levels above me, all the, you know, this kind of stuff. And it reminds me, I haven't read it. I have the PPDFs of the law of one. It, it very much resonated with that stuff where it's like, you know, like the geological evolution that has to take place, that's very important. It has a very different, you know, rhythm and a very different alchemy than that of, you know, plant life, which is very different than that of animal life, which is very different than that of humans, which is different than what you're, you know, I was thinking even when we're reading this about AI and stuff where it's like, because it was talking about like everything is doing what it needs to do within its own domain, essentially. So it's like, you know, from, I mean, if we're going to go on a strictly Darwinian kind of thing, which doesn't sound like either of you guys are way on that level, but, um, you know, uh, (laughs) theoretically, like, you know, things had to come out of the ocean and grow and be able to breathe and stuff to have mammals. And then there was an asteroid that potentially, you know, theoretically knocked out all these dinosaurs. I'm not even sure that's true. But the point is, uh, humans came around because conditions were met for them to come around. And now we're meeting certain conditions. It seems we've come to a point. I don't know how you feel personally about AI, but it seems we're like at a point where we can like externalize some of our issues and get like help it gets tricky because this gets into the matrix right the whole point of the fucking matrix is like we gave them all of our duties and then had fun and then they became a slave race that revolted or whatever so we weren't being wise we had knowledge but we weren't being wise about it so like we're going to be like it seems we can move forward in a way where we've externalized technology into you know gaia itself is technology like the phones we're on right now that's just minerals from the earth like that's a highly rarefied and electrified kind of Uranus and Taurus version of this element in a sense, or Gaia kind of like evolving to this new state of herself outside of the core magma mode or whatever. I'm kind of rambling, but yeah, that whole chunk kind of really resonated with something I haven't read, which was kind of talking about, you know, the harmony of things within their domains. And it sounded very much like law of one. Um, Let's take a quick music break. If you're down Mm-hmm. Um, and you can get some water, whatever, go to the bathroom. Um, I picked a song, by, <laughs> if we're going to play this, um, a Talking head song. I thought it was kind of funny. It's called The Book I Read, I think. And it, obviously, this is the tablets I read. It's a, it's more of a love song, so don't take it personally, Maru. But uh, uh, it's still a cool song, and I thought you'd dig it. So enjoy. Well, y'all are on mute, so maybe I'm alone here. <laughs> I'm here. Oh, word. Raphael's on mute, so I don't know if he's here. Um, it's funny. There's a couple. I was like, oh, of course I picked that song. It sounded like both in the sense. It's like uh, I'm running a race. I'm ingenious, and I've done this thing. I'm coming from the future. I'm coming back, all this kind of stuff. I'm designing you. It was kind of more resonant than I realized it might be. So interesting song. Um, there was one or two things in the last bit of the as above so below that we didn't touch on that I wanted your opinion on as an astrologer because this I mean as above so below is very much like an astrological kind of maxim it seems um, when it's talking about um, you know all that man is is because of his wisdom so it's like we've becoming like what makes us us is 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 the knowledge and the well applied knowledge right over time art music all this kind of stuff uh, sciences um, and that you're uh, you'll be the result of this cause. But the part that really stuck out to me that I wanted to ask your opinion about, it says, be the master of all that surrounds thee. Never be mastered by the effects of thy life. Um, Mm -hmm. As an astrologer, how do you interpret that? Because we tend to be like, oh my God, this shit's happening. It's a fucking me up. Like, how do you ride that level of that tablet given the fact that you're an astrologer? 
Well, that's what I was saying earlier about there has to be a level of detachment from this world, right? Where, you know, I call it mastering your chart. So whenever you understand these cycles, you're not kind of battered down. Like if we look at the, the cycles that are going on now and what it's done to the world as a whole, as we see it, this is all happening because of the astrological cycles that we're in. And with that comes the knowledge that this is essential. And that's the next tablet is the key of prophecy, but it's the law of cause and effect. And there is the cause of the planetary transits. Therefore, there is the effect as above, so below. So that's how those two tie in together. And that's prophecy, right? Okay, if somebody prophesizes something and... I'm not a big uh, predictive astrologer. I, I don't care for predictions because Thoth also lets us know that there is um, there's there's variance. The future is not fixed. It's an okay? open book. The book I read, Synchronicity. But yeah, it's like it seems like it's not one track. This can kind of go any which way, but it basically ends up in a direction. Well, it's going in a direction, but as soon as I know that this particular set of events is happening in a certain place in my chart with di which dictates certain possibilities of occurrence, right? Then I know where I need to be putting my focus and then it's part of my wisdom, it's part of my discipline ship, integrity, integrity to follow that path versus falling into the darkness, you know, going in those right angles. I need to curve back inside to myself, circle back inside and, and start working from a place of balance because we're only going to be making the wrong decisions when we're out of balance, which means that we're kind of falling for things, right? And we're relinquishing our own power, our own willpower. And that could be based on so many different things. So that's like South Node and Sagittarius because I observed myself when you were telling me about that guy with, uh, you know, Saturn's. Uh, concepts and things like that. I don't know how Jupiter. I, felt with it. I was just like, word. I could see his point, but I don't. It, I was like, we'll see. Kind of like, I mean, super general well, detached well, shit. It's like Sagittarius South Node is to not debate. Like, I'm not here to debate that or anybody else's set of beliefs kind of thing. Whereas we're just looking at the facts of the North Node and Gemini based off my perception of reality, thought, and what he teaches is the facts right and we see it play out in all aspects of our life so yeah we don't have to be prisoners to anything we we have to remain in this state of knowledge that it is our choice and so you can make a choice to be a victim of the transits or you can make a conscious choice to be empowered by the transits and that's what dan winters talks about you take the power of the planet or the power of the tornado you bring it into your uh, center self, the center of yourself, and you charge and implode, which means that you literally like uh, become that planet. You become that tornado. You match frequency. You match vibration, and therefore you become the one who steers the stars and steers the tornadoes. So, yeah, the storm may be coming. But are you swept up in the storm or are you at the center of your balanced polarity? There is an effect, but you are the cause. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, I mean, as much as it can to a human mind at one time. Um, it's big mystery stuff we're talking about. But yeah, it seems like uh, being a conduit as above, so below, that whole magician in Rider Waite, um, you know, he's the conduit with the Ouroboral belt or whatever. Uh, he's the conduit of a lot of processes. And instead of, I mean, it's uh, we, I've heard it said, and I say this a lot, where it's like it's not happening to you, it's happening through you. So it's like you're an expression of a lot of levels of reality, and you can choose to be the victim of that, which causes, you know, that's why Darth Vader became Darth Vader. He was like, I don't want to lose my wife. I want to control things. I, you know, like he was just unwilling to, you know, he was resisting. Let's put it that way. A certain charge was a certain way. And then whereas, you know, others are like, go with the flow, be one with the force, whatever. Um, it doesn't mean, you know it gets tricky because like with the star wars analogy breaks down it's like i don't know if yoda would have done the same thing or ben kenobi would have done the same thing to try to prevent the death of you know they don't want people to die but they accept it they don't resist it they kind of act as a conduit for the force whereas it seems like the whole sith thing is like crowleyan almost uh, well it's a perfect it's, example of you can this energy is however you want to use it it's the same energy that yoda versus vader used the force is the same how do you choose to use it Right. How do you how do you spin the charge or however Dan puts it, how do you cause that shift? And it seems that's at one level, I mean our God self is a weird way to put it, but it seems like that's what separates us from animals in the situation where it's like we actually can polarize and, and opt towards um things. And the problem is it seems to be mental as well as spiritual or however this gets. So that's why programming matters, that's why beliefs matter, you know, the whole Bashar thing like your thoughts are creating a reality. So like, what would you prefer? But like, are you preferring this subconsciously? Like someone would be like, I want love and light, but like they have deep rooted, you know, <laughs> like eighth house stellium or something. And then like, they just keep trying to destroy themselves or, you know what I mean? Like it, they might be getting driven on subconscious things. And that's why know thyself is kind of the maximum. It's like, know what you're working with as much as you can. Meditation, psychedelics, opinions of others to a degree <laughs> um, are good informers. And then kind of, make better choices because it seems in this tablet is saying like we're always moving towards the light the light is the unity aware aware of itself in totality or something like it seems like it's just like when the whole circle becomes self-aware in a very new particular way um and it's you know talking kind of about like there's always this great struggle between light and dark and it's age old yet ever new there's a paradox right it's like seems like we're in a paradox we're in this kind of polarity paradox um and yeah and he's actually not saying we're all moving that way He's saying you must move that way. He's not saying that you, you get to move that way on bypass mode. That there is no spiritual bypass for that movement. It has to be an action-oriented, conscious, ever-reaching, striving process that you have to be initiated into. Who initiates you? You initiate yourself into this higher order of order, out of chaos. If you are not realizing that you're in a state of chaos, like you said, know thyself, you're not moving forward. You're not moving upward. You're not. Right. That's kind of, yeah, no, right. No, I get it. And I mean, it's kind of playing into more, I, I've been raised a Christian, so I kind of get it. I mean, I guess a Bardo state might be a Buddhist perspective where it's like, you know, are you moving towards Nirvana? Or are you kind of just playing around in the shadows? Um, and distractions and it I, it gets tricky because I don't want to invalidate creation right I think it's all good at some level uh, which is where it's the mystery for me where it's like I guess we'll all just take a bow at one point and be like thanks for playing the enemy so we could move forward or whatever it gets really weird um, but uh, yeah this is the con this is the point of choice um, creation seems to be indifferent 
right? Like a force. Oh, right, right, right. Light and dark. They exist because the cause of one affects the other, which creates a cycle of uh, coming back around to one or the other. So there's no discrimination. There's the perceiver as the being that you are perceive the difference between hot water and cold water. You're the only one that draws the line between where do I begin and you end or vice versa, where what is considered good, what is considered bad. Because as this all teaches, there there is no distinction. So you can perceive yourself to be on a path of good, just as Darth Vader did. That's a perfect example of Anakin Kane turning into Darth Vader. His I intentions he was doing the right thing. were good. He's like, yeah, I don't exactly. want Padme to die. But it was self-interested to the point that where it was resisting maybe the flow. And then it gets even trickier because it's like, was that injected from Senator Palpatine? Like, was he like kind of brain fucking him or whatever, like injecting bad juju in his dreams? Or was it his subconscious? It gets tricky. I mean, the analogy breaks down. But um, we have a choice, fear or love, right? Positive or negative polarity. And it's like, if you start acting in fear, fear leads to hate, hate leads to dark side or whatever the thing is, right? Uh, anger, anger leads to hate. So it's just like, there's real consequences for how you how you twist your charge and it seems like we get to we get to choose that um largely uh i do think that it's more of a choice than not but we tend to like to, for some reason especially in the west we like push the lazy button the easy button i think it's a lot easier to be like well i'm the victim of circumstance it is what it is or whatever um i it's tricky and i know i don't do a perfect job of it but it's like radical sovereignty means owning you know, stoically owning th- owning things to a degree and being like, you know what, <laughs> I got, I've got to flip this frown upside down, kind of thing. Like that's a choice, like that's an action or whatever. Yeah, it's radical self overcoming. To be brutally honest and truthful with yourself, to not allow you to stay in those states of comfort and therefore ignorance in a certain sense, because your cause, if it's born from ignorance, is going to affect an ignorant incarnation. So there's levels of this um, tablet that are talking about like, you know, you're not bound to a star. Are you looking at that as something about like almost uh, Elon Muskish kind of star expansion? Like not, you know, going from an earth civilization to a solar or galactic civilization. Is that kind of encouraging that? He says you are a star bound to the body. I guess I was thinking about, it's like the soul of man moves ever onward, bound not by any one star. Um, and Meaning I didn't know. galaxy. So, yeah, I mean, do you think that's basically saying, like, <laughs> this is a phase of, like, we're in third grade on Earth and we're just going to keep going and it's not all Gaia bound in that sense and it's in solar system right, bound? Right, Exactly. As he, you know, talks about star seeds and the space born. Space is infinite, such as time. And we move through time, right? That's a constant. That's a fixed fixed motion. But how we move through time is basically the cause effect of our choices and how right. we live. Right, that's what's up. And basically this tablet kind of rounds off kind of uh, caveating why you've maybe been treading lightly on certain things because it's like, yo, don't toss this you know, don't tell the barbarians. <laughs> and, uh, you know, if you guard these secrets, I'll guard you. If you kind of fuck up these things, watch out now or whatever. Yeah. 
you'll definitely put the smack down. That's what <laughs> the ultimate thing to avoid. And that's, you know, talking about things that are, are, uh, in the realm of, of debate. It's like, there, it's, it's really an interesting thing because like where we are in the world right now is such a polarized opposition of opinions, right? And belief systems very and, and very mental. And, uh, you know, we're arguing, we're fighting. And basically what he's saying is don't waste your breath. Like silence is wisdom. There's wisdom in silence that you, you only really need to know your path. And that your path, because you're a part of the oneness, is linked to all paths. So, you know, if we're understanding ourselves and those who are aware, then we're going to understand those that represent the contrast, those that are out there arguing, fighting, and debating about these topics that you're not going to change anybody's mind on. That's what we're seeing is that people have reached a conclusion within themselves, right or wrong. Who, who are we to judge? Because that's our perspective. So ultimately, I think that that's one of the, the main points and the main messages is that you need to follow your heart and your own solar sun. And if you understand that there are consequences to the way that you live and the way that you experience the raising of your own consciousness and things like that, then it all falls on you at the end of the day. There is no victim mentality. There is nobody else. There is no set of circumstances that has affected you in any other way than what you choose. That's why some people, when they get pushed down, they get back up 10 times harder if they wouldn't have been pushed ever at all. And that's what astrologically those harder aspects, you know, opposition, squares, semi-squares, quincunxes, all that represents. It represents that there is something that's going to push you, that's going to trigger you into an activation point where action is necessary. Now, your choice is your action. Cause and Yeah, do you melt or do you turn into a diamond? Because it's heat and pressure one way or the other with those you know, squares and oppositions and stuff. It's like, this is not easy. <laughs> Whereas I look at like, you know, trines and sex tells more is like, oh, you're Paris Hilton and you will have a dad who's a millionaire in LA and you want a TV show? Step on up. It's like not hard, right? Like it's, it's hashtag blessed. It's, it's really not that difficult. Um, so we can jump to the next tablet, which is the mystery, I think, the keys of life and death. Um, what are you thinking you need to tell us about this one? So, uh, yeah, I think we did do a good job on uh, cause and effect and everything like that. Um, but yeah, okay, so at the end of the day, as there's a repetitive pattern that goes through here, it's like kind of at this point asking us, if we've learned the hidden secrets, like if we and, look into our heart, are, are we still bound <laughs> or are we free? And it's starting to kind of posit different things like, you know, earth is kind of important. You're coming from earth and it's a spirit. It's got its own consciousness in a way. I mean, mm -hmm. this is kind of Gaia consciousness before that was ever a thing <laughs> or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. It's kind of giving you keys on that it's saying you know you're gonna need to die and everyone faces death but it's not death is like you're thinking about it um i didn't know if you thought that meant like ego death or shifting a perspective versus like physicality almost like the take on me example it feels like we never really die but there's a there's a transitory point at which like something changes and i guess maybe to the others quote unquote we like die or whatever 
But right. the dream continues, it seems. It does. And yes, he is saying that, but he's also saying that there's something much higher, right? That to know whenever death fast approaches, that it's only because your balance has been shaken and only because one pole has been lost. And that the actual secret is restoring the balance of the poles, which I've been talking about, you know, the whole time that the spirit of life is in the poles. All right. Given so the, the, the magnetic poles are shifting on earth. Uh, I mean, I don't know if it's so simple as like face North. It's like North is like more Northwest now, or, you know, it's like changing. Uh, is this just evidence that it's getting harder to do this or, I mean, do you attempt to do this so. yourself? Okay, go ahead. Wherever Earth is, is where your polarity is, <laughs> because you're where Earth is, end of story. So as the poles shift, you shift. It's representing our shift, right, physically. Um, and so we need to shift with the balance of Earth itself. And it's saying, you know, at the heart of Earth is where the life force exists, the flower of life, right? And so basically when Earth too shall change, taste not of death, but one with this planet hold form till all pass away. And that's really interesting, like as an understanding about this, because poles are going to shift into, it's like earth is going to do what it needs to do, despite whatever's going on in the surface. It's like, uh, earth, we're, cells within the body of earth and there's a virus like literally right there's an illness that's attacking the system of earth so earth is going through the shifting to regain her own balance its own balance whatever you want to consider and so as we shift with it because wherever north is facing no matter what that's going to be the north pull of the earth because that's not going to change even though it may change based off of our concept of right, the geography for our standard changes but like north is north right, is right. north yeah i hear you magnetic okay. north is always magnetic north yeah exactly so if we if we don't acknowledge these sort of things is basically what he's saying is going to cause the death that we don't actually ever need to to transition out of this physical body that we can continue to stay in this body, we can freshen it, we can strengthen it, we can become youthful once again, and that these are the actual secrets that are known to the masters about how to hold off death. And that whenever basically you are in a negative state, making wrong decisions, moving in angles, moving in chaos, joining the chaos, you're going to get shifted off of your your polarity point and death is going to come for you. You know, people who go out and join riots and protest, you're joining the chaos. Like it doesn't matter if it's for a good cause or not. Anakin Kane, Darth Vader, right? You're putting yourself in a magnitude of chaos and disorder. So uh, have you shit are you you don't really have to ask yourself if I'm in correct balance or you know, are my poles <laughs> in the right place? No, they're not in the right place. You're not making the right decisions. But how do we affect change? That's a really fascinating part about all of this. But if death does come, then yes, life does continue because we're energy that's forever moving through space and time. But yeah, we are going to have to meet with Anubis and Ma'at. We are going to have to go through the judgment once again. 
and be told by Osiris where we are or are not going because he tells you, you know, you're going over here to Earth, you're going over here to Mars, you're going to go through uh, Saturn incarnation, you're going to head over to Andromeda and, you know, our, we don't know enough to like verbalize all these other places like in some man somewhere in a tech room probably made it up anyway. So is that really the name of it? Who knows? But basically... He's talking about how there's a plane where the sun's and it's S-U-N-S, like the solar sun, sons of the morning live and have been as children of light, pass away without pain and pass away without sorrow into the plane where is eternal light. And so, yeah, we have to always understand that there is just chapters in our books of self. And I, I know that we all know this on some sort of level, but thus ever past the avatar, right? Willing his death as he wills his life. And that's also, you know, just the master of time. When you master time and you master all these keys that he's teaching you, he's telling you. And in this tablet, he tells you how to get out of the body. But basically you, you have to fulfill your mission that you came here for. So he, he lets you know that there's no point in sticking around once you're finished, right? It's just like whenever you eat your dinner, are you just going to sit at the table forever after your meal is finished? You may sit there and have a nice conversation with those that surround you, but eventually you need to get up and go. So he's teaching you how to master life and how to master death. It even seemed like some specifics in terms of how to orient one's like consciousness. It talks about the solar plexus, but it does talk. It's like, you know, you know, sit there for a minute and shove it that way towards the triangle. Like it seems like almost a, almost like a game genie hack or something where it's like, yeah, like when you're transitioning from station to station, um, there's a better way to do that. He, I mean, well, he tells you that this is all written in an entrancement code. And that only those who know how to read, basically only those who have eyes to see, will be able to actually read the instruction manual. And that represents a lot because, yeah, he's telling you how to do it, but maybe to where we are in a particular state of consciousness, it's like, what? That doesn't make a lot of sense. But, I mean, it takes ultimate focus, and that's what... You know, ultimately, these tablets are teaching you is the way the alchemist, once again, the keys of magic, once again, is that it's all done through intense focus, right? At the beginning of the tablets, when it starts and he talks about how he built the pyramids and the Sphinx, like the whole Giza Plateau in like three days by use of his magic wand, he's telling you it's science and magic blended into two. So you need intellect and you need consciousness and you need high levels of knowledge that you use in a very wise way which he also talks about whenever he goes out of body and and travels all these different kind of planetary experiences and he sees master souls out there just building worlds literally building worlds out of just thought and thought thought it all ties together to represent that nothing can break your focus Nothing can break your concentration. This is a tool of concentration. This is a tool of alchemy that no force can be greater than. So your willpower has to be greater than to master material, to overcome the material, 
to overcome your bondage, to overcome physical matter, which means that there's a transcendence, right? And whenever we look at uh, the Buddhas that have basically, you know, they with the rainbow light body, right? It's the same type of thing. But that takes so much focus. <laughs> um, so obviously, this is this is something only a master could do. You would you would have to take many 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 many. I don't know how many lives this would take to master. I mean, he's telling us that we have the ability to do it here, but this is not something that you're just going to like read once or twice and be like, oh, that's it. Because basically he's telling you that you need to unravel your soul. Your soul is quantumly entangled with your physical body. And that's what I'm saying. Like we see that actually visually in ayahuasca ceremony. So there is a key within that of uh, traversing this inner realm that you unwind. It's like the, you know, if you ever have like a necklace and the, the, the whole thing gets all tangled up because you put it in your pocket or something, it's like you may or may not un unwind that thing. Take some effort. Massive effort and patience, right? Focus. Focus. Yeah. So uh, it, it's, it's available to those who. You know, it says like here, great is the secret, yet easy to master. Like who says, right? Giving to the the master mastery of time unto thee, death fast approaches. Fear not, but know that you are the master of death. So one of the po po like powers is belief, right? So you have to know that you have this ability. And if it seems like a far-reaching concept, if it seems absolutely wild and it's not something that you're, you can digest. You can't do something you don't believe is good, is possible. That's why it's kind of reminds me of the end of Harry flying. Potter, <laughs> right? I don't know if you've seen Harry Potter. I'm reading it with my fiance for the second time, but um, it's like the end. It's like the battle he's doing. Spoilers, everybody, close your ears if you haven't done Harry Potter. But it's like Voldemort is you. It was all in your head, Harry. Like what's not in your head, Harry? Like you know, kind of Matrix white screen with uh, at the very end there, um, in its own little universe. It's weird because I think ultimately we'll find like the judgment, the death, all these things are us in another form and we're processing it just from a different way or something. Um, kind of like we've been talking about. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about the supplemental things. Like, do you think those are necessary to the reading experience? I, I heard them. Yeah. I mean, they're the most important, the supplemental texts were the texts that, uh, were not to be released until a certain time whenever the people of earth had reached a certain level of consciousness so luckily we're living in a time in which these have been revealed to us and uh so for that particular part it's like talking about atlantis and this is where we learn that earth is a portal and that we are heaven born that we're here we are those that have come from far it's like that really beautiful reminder and that everything in this existence is a mystery and everything is from the great one it's from the soul it's from the earth it's all and like this is the home of the powers of the illusions and this is where he also reminds us that this is the ancient home of the great ones. So I, there's such beauty that's here. 
And we should remember that it's the earth, the sun, the moon, the trinity, that Ba only comes, it can't come until Ka is incarnate, right? And that these are the mysteries that are preserved through the ages as we kind of uh, go through the cycle of awakening and back into sleep and that it's beginningless and it's endless. And it's just kind of a nice reminder that there is equilibrium and that equilibrium is a source of creation one God, one truth, one point of freedom. And that whenever we bring our balance of life and good and power, that we return to infinite power, infinite wisdom, and infinite love, and we become masters to transmute evil, assist good, use discrimination, use your discernment, manifest power through wisdom and love, create, be the creator. You know, this is a place for you to understand the cycles which are the states of existence and we're living in such a powerful cycle right now and that basically all things animate that are inanimate excuse me are of three states of existence chaos or death liberty and humanity and in the faculties of heaven or um, felicity of of heaven like grace from beyond and then yeah, yeah, yeah stuff of human like striving towards good freedom like human liberty and all that stuff and then like <laughs> you know reptilian overlords or whatever the fuck the other option exactly. would be, I guess. and three and are funny. the paths of the soul man liberty and light sound familiar there's a few numbers that come out a lot i mean i know in uh, uh hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy like 42 is the meaning of the universe and it's like that 42 4 and 2 comes up as one thing it says uh 12 of the lords of illusion 12 houses is that of astrology and this is like we start you know are these like gatekeepers of perception that we have to deal with and ultimately we find aren't necessary it gets tricky with some of these uh, highly numerological resonant things um mm -hmm. but it bears worth it's it's in like we were saying with the ba and the ka the ka is kind of like this shadow shell thing that we have to go through in order to go back to what we once originally were which i think is ironic because like i said in the card jam i pulled um the 22 which is the learning the ibis card but the galactic heritage card i pulled this morning i forget if it's like 91 or whatever but it was enlightenment it's a zeta reticular thing and it's like you're already enlightened you've just forgotten it your mind you know you're getting all confused and twisted and everything it's like that's fine uh, in its own weird way but it's like you're you were enlightened and then you fell out of enlightenment and you're moving back towards enlightenment like you're never not enlightened uh, it's just a matter of like unearthing it and like re, you know, throwing the juice back through the wire. Uh, the the wire, the, the electricity, you know, the wiring is always there. It's like, do you have juice going through it the same way? And sometimes the battery is really low, sometimes it's high. That kind of gets in the Dan Winters thing. Um, and there's one more supplementary book, uh, wrapping it up Secret of Secrets, which I don't know how much you're going to actually speak on given <laughs> you didn't want to give too much stuff, but uh, away. But basically, it's like, and there was one thing in the other one, but we can keep going to the next one, where it seemed like there was a little bit of, as Raphael likes to talk about, X-share and X-conceal, basically. And it's like, some things, you know, you can't share. Like, this is the whole point of mystery schools, in a mm -hmm. sense, where it's like, yo, if, like, <laughs> and when you were talking earlier, it's like, the idea that came to mind um, when you were like, it's just not easy, it's not just lickety-split. I mean, it is easy, but it's like, how can it be this easy? The Dumb and Dumber moment where it's like, hey, guys, big gulps, okay. It's like, I, I think that's how for a long time, maybe people who weren't willing to be initiated maybe went about it. It's like they're just not going to value 
the situation as it stands to a degree that's necessary or something like that. Um, but maybe the, because I think there's a part of me that wants to be like not judgmental and like not like oh there's NPCs there's like people that don't matter out there and I think uh, this kind of language makes me think and it's not exactly Christian but it's more like there's right there's wrong go right <laughs> there's you know there's consequences you know like judgment like that kind of stuff um, it's got a certain type of language to it um, which I don't disagree with but I think I've been trying to loosen up to a point where I'm like I'm not the judge I get I mean you're ironically you're saying you're the one who judges yourself in some hyperdimensional way but um I can't I'm not responsible of weighing other people's hearts ultimately it's my heart that I, you know my soul that I'm weighing against or you see what I'm saying it's like I'm only worried about mm -hmm. my trip in that sense and I can't really be responsible for other people's trips Although the level of responsibility I have, I guess, is what I'm being judged for. It's like, how kind were you? How closed off were you? How selfish are you? And there's a balance. I mean, everyone's selfish, but it's like, were you being Scrooge McDuck or were you being like fucking, you know, Princess Diana? Like, what were you doing? Like, were you being chill or were you being not being chill? So um, I'm kind of rambling and I know we're kind of getting on on time. So I want to wrap this up. Um, what are your thoughts on the last supplementary thing? And I should tell people like i haven't i've i will read this maybe next time i listen to it i've heard it audio every time um and it's i do a good enough job mentally kind of just like seeing the words and thinking of the concepts but i'm sure there's something more magical is maybe not the right word but more um initiatory with reading it textually of course he tells you for every time you read it your knowledge increases tenfold how bad do you want it do you have time for that? Is it significant enough for you? That's the choice, right? So at the end of the day, uh, you know, I'm not really going to go too deep into, I'm, I'm really not even going to touch this particular um, tablet here. But the point is, is we came here to be teachers. Most of all, you know, <laughs> there's some of us that really came here to be teachers amongst men and following Thoth's path. Because when we do the work of Thoth, we become Thoth. It, we're all connected, right? So we gain his power. We gain his wisdom. We tap back into our Akashic memory and become the embodiment of that. So this is a free will plane of existence in which when the student is ready, the teacher appears. The teacher doesn't have to go out and hunt down students to come and learn these teachings because you are only to teach these to those who will protect it and keep it sacred, who basically make it their embodiment. Right. So that's why, you know, you have to definitely be cautious. And it's like uh, the things that I said, and I, I was aware of observing things that I said made perfect sense to me, but were also coming through in a channel that, veil them to other people that aren't ready to hear this so there's going to be people out there that just absolutely um probably don't hear anything that i that i've said during this whole transmission because it's hitting in a different place it will awaken some it's all knowledge is key, a key right it's a frequency that unlocks so the end all be all is to just really like you said know thyself understand thy purpose and move forever towards your purpose and realize that this isn't the end all be all that what we're doing here affects right cause and effect affects where we're going 
from here, but yet we're already there. So we have the knowledge of the future and we also have the knowledge of the past and how well we can tap into that becomes the expression of who we are now. And it's just about where your perceptions and concepts lie as far as understanding that like this is a matrix, so it is holographic, it is computer-generated code, of course, within all simulated experiences are non-player characters. Not everything that seems to be real has to be real just to satisfy any one person's desire for that to be. It actually helps quite tremendously for us to not get caught up in the Maya, the illusion. We're here to wake up to the illusion. So the more that we hold on to these concepts that just because they appear to be real means that they are and I should stop what I'm doing and go help an, an NPC that's only distracting me from my greater mission of awakening and becoming my true self-empowered purpose to unlock those who are actually here and need my help. I don't know. Are you serving or disserving? And I'll just leave it at that. That's one part that horrifies me is that Sun and Moon Gemini. And my current's in Gemini too, so I'm just like, fuck. Like, I want to be, I mean, Mars and uh, Mercury are conjunct in 12th house cancer, so I'm like, I want to care for people, but like, some people just, I mean, this sounds terrible, but it's like, some people aren't on the quest. And if you get caught up, I mean, I'm thinking of video games, I like Gold, um, Final Fantasy VII. So there's this thing back in the original, I'm not sure, I don't think they did it in the remake because they have, it's going to be two releases or something, but. Um, the original is like the golden nugget it's called <laughs> and it's basically like Las Vegas um, and it's like you can go there and, and literally go into sub games like you're playing arcade games like Life of Roy shit within a game it's like you know virtual reality within virtual reality and that's fun and all and interesting and it can help a little in terms of getting gaining XP and gill and all this stuff but ultimately it's not the mission um, so I guess it takes real discernment to kind of understand um, what's a distraction and what's necessary um, and everybody is kind of in the cockpit of their own <laughs> simulator for what that might mean. So um, maybe in wrapping up, I'm kind of curious that we won't talk to you for a while because obviously you're going to be gone. I'd love to hear, you know, in the, you know, five, six months, whatever, whenever is clever, uh, how your sojourn of silence is uh, in the jungle or wherever you ended up doing that, Mexico, wherever. Um, seems fascinating. What are your kind of drive-by passing thoughts on this conjunction uh, any advice? I'm sure you've been speaking a lot about it in sessions and you're probably overloaded just as an astrologer. Like, I'm tired of talking about it, but I'm just kind of like, the bullet point is like, this is a big deal, it seems, right? Yeah, it's a really big deal. I'll actually be in a ceremony through that portal. So, oh, snap. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, we are going through a reset and a great awakening all at the same time. And that's what that day really shows us. The sun is going to be at zero degrees of Capricorn. Mercury is going to be there too at zero. The moon is going to be at zero degrees of Aries as this hits. And then Jupiter, Saturn, zero degrees of Aquarius. New work so, to be done. Well, who's to say? Like The first thing that came to mind whenever you said five, six months and telling you what my experience of uh you know what this future are we even gonna experience be here? will be we yeah, are, are we even going to be here or will that even be relevant to me to speak about because right, right. if you're if you're really on this it's like you process energy so fast you process the experience so fast that it you you just you really don't hold on to anything anymore 
part about being in the present moment and just the now is that you, you don't take the now with you to the next moment of now because the only moment is now. It's kind of like crazy that way. Um, it's so, a snail with no shell. It's like, yeah, I'm just you're moving, exiting baby. the matrix. Yeah, exactly. So what will that experience, what will be, what will that catalyst me into? Right. And, uh, as fast as I move five, six months from then, it's like, whoa, who knows who I'll be. And that's kind of the mystery of the greatness of all of it. But if I could just encourage people out there to look at themselves and look at their processes, like I will actually just read this last piece of words, how the, how the entire book ends. Okay. And this is relevant. It says, thus finish I my writings. Like he's done keys. Let them be to those who come after, right? When the student is ready, the teacher will appear but only to those who seek my wisdom. If they didn't ask, you don't tell. For only those, or for only these, I, the key, and the way. So just at the end of the day, all that's meant to resonate is the knowledge and the wisdom, is this message. And therefore, that's the key, that's the way. Follow the light. Make right decisions. So here's the thing is that fear is chaos and order is love. So what blocks us from, you know, introducing psychedelics into our stream is we know. We know we haven't faced our our stuff. We know that we have skeletons and demons and we know we got some stuff um, that we have buried with inside of ourselves and, and we're protecting it. It's like some sort of survival instinct. So just ask yourself at the end of the day, what do you fear? And also what are you, why are you holding judgments? Cause you know, people could judge the experience of uh, working with psychedelics and say, Oh, you're using drugs, you know, and everything, is in its own context. If you're using mushrooms and you're going to Burning Man or whatever, like, yeah, you're not, you're not doing it ceremonially. You can tell yourself what you want, but at the end of the day, you're full of shit. When you, you go and you study with ancients and you go and absorb these true sacred traditions, you take it back like the text, you take it back to the original source, take it back to the original land realize earth is alive. Every living being here is alive. It has consciousness. It has wisdom. It has teachings. You sign a contract just as your soul signed a contract to come here. You embody this contract to deepen your process, to expand. If you hold judgments and you hold fear, you're not about that. And this is part of getting through the illusions that you create over yourself just to make yourself feel better about where you're not. So if I can encourage everybody out there to just literally get out of their own way. At the end of the day, you have to be a master and you're not gonna do it by standing there blocking yourself to all of your paths that are showing up to assist you because at a certain point, you know, your your own uh, adversaries uh, that are on the other side are just going to be like, all right, well, I'm just going to go put my time and effort to where it's better utilized. 
and work with this person over here and give my gifts, give my blessings. That's why I like working with sacred plant medicine and having dietas. There's something that's called getting crossed. And that's whenever you go against what you should be doing. You know, and you don't even have to have a plant diet to get crossed. It's whenever you know what's right and you still choose to do what's wrong. You suffer consequences. And then you have to redeem yourself through a process that's more painful than if you would have paid attention in the first place. So this is the path of discipline ship. It is a path of, there is no time to play games in, in such a sense. Like we need to live a life of happiness and, and joy and love other people and help where we can. But we don't need any sort of accolades or accreditations or attention. You do the work that you know you do and, and do it in a way that you know serves the greater good and, and it doesn't have to be a process of like crippling you. But you need to assist yourself. There's nobody coming to help you. You are the only person that can help you from wherever you are at this moment to wherever you want to go. You have to be the one to pick yourself up and put yourself there. And you need to be the source of your own light, the source of your own inspiration. And discover, let your soul be led by your higher consciousness connection to whatever it is that's going to assist you in that process. So just like when you, whenever I step into your life on the physical plane, the plants have called you. You began ceremony as soon as you stepped into my presence because I am Bobansana. I am ayahuasca. I am Noyarao. I have teachings that I will give you that only I can give you because only I could speak the language in such a way that is a key that will unlock you just as the same wisdom that you carry without plant diets is going to have an effect on me. Okay, so that's where things are going to attract or be repelled from your life. Because until you are ready, okay, it's called it's, it's the ascension tools. Okay, don't get a piece of moldavite unless you're ready to ascend. Don't have me step into your presence unless you're ready to ascend. Because it will bring up the fear. It will bring up the tension. It will bring up the questions of worthiness. And then you come across something like this. These tablets have called you. Are you ready? Maybe you are, maybe you aren't. And either way, it's totally fine because that's your choice to stay where you are. Maybe it sparks your curiosity in some other way and you go towards some other, you know, ancient text. But I think at the end of the day, what we've learned is that we're in a place of remembering where we've been. So if you want to sit down with yourself and you want to circle back inside, to see the mysteries of time and how you've moved through it. Reactivate yourself. Nobody can reactivate you. Like healers can't heal you. They hold space. They hold a frequency for you to choose to match in order to become the frequency of health. What's going on in the world right now? It's an illusion. And as we explained, and I hope you heard that part, as I explained from the text, you can only get sick, you can only die, accidents can only happen when you yourself are out of balance. So if you sit and you ask yourself right now, am I in balance? And you immediately say yes, okay, is that true? Is that true? Or are you telling yourself that so that you feel better? 
Because just because you tell yourself something is true doesn't actually make it true. Because there's a process, there's actions, and there's long-term disciplined focus that goes into creating this balance. So pretty much that's all I have to say about that. I appreciate all of your time. Yeah, dude. No, it's a privilege. I, I like that you give it to us. Like, I'm, I'm always like, get me any, hey, you want to come on? Because I think, because it's like, I love hearing <laughs> the minds of people who are dealing with things that I, that interest me, but I haven't jumped into the pool fully of yet. I'm like, what's over on that water slide? Like, I haven't gone down it fully. And you're like, ah, going down the water slide. So I'm like, all right, tell me what you're seeing. Um, I really do appreciate you giving us your time and energy and your insights uh, for both of the episodes, obviously. Um, I hope you're journeying goes well and that yeah this seems like you're where you need to be um hopefully everyone's getting where they need to be <laughs> and you know um i think one thing that stuck with me with uh the emerald tablets when i read it in australia i don't remember which book it's in but it's like be a light on the way it's like that's all mm -hmm. we're here to do folks like we're just we're just being light on the way. yeah exactly so be the change you know find the others and We'll see where this shit show goes in the next couple months, but uh, it's going to be fun. Hopefully, ultimately, we can laugh about it in uh, Zeptepi 2.0 or whatever the fuck happens. So, um, no, actually, real, real fast before yeah, we yeah. go, um, you know, just talking about regular Babylonian third dimensional stuff, there's a show out there called The Good Doctor. And um, the first couple episodes are all about, you know, the, the virus and everything that's going on. And then after, I think, episode three, it just, nobody has a mask anymore. Nobody's socially distancing anymore. And it really had me thinking about, at a certain point, they, they, they weren't actually planning on this being any more than what it was originally supposed to be. And they put that out there, right? So there, there's a slip in the time. There's a slip. And that's actually uh, quite interesting. Just something that I wanted to throw out there word well let's dream well folks and uh i'm sure we'll talk to each other in all forms forever or however weird i can end it i don't know like what the fuck am i even supposed to say so uh rafael any parting thoughts well, a pleasure as always there is much more to say and to cite which i won't do at this point and just say thank you so much for joining meru and uh, thank you all for listening absolutely Thank you, and job bless. Take care. As always, enjoy yourselves. Radio Pokito, Radio Pokito, Radio Pokito.